Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 473rd ever show of all around sports. We're each Monday at noon Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always... I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined later by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports of his we- many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is, of course, the Final Four, where North Carolina beat Duke Saturday night. And in the process, ended the storied career of Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski. Amazingly, it was the first time these two arch rivals have ever met in the tournament. And it was worth the wait as these two Titans went to the final minute before the Tar Heels prevailed. And thus ended again Coach K's uh, unmatched career in coaching. It seems like he has every record possible, most wins, on and on and on, most appearances in just about every way imaginable in the NCAA tournament. So uh, so I have interviewed Coach K in the past, and it was a career highlight, to say the least. Uh, I interviewed him for a military history magazine, and he was just terrific, as you would expect. Paid me a, a very nice compliment uh, on being so well prepared for the interview and uh, something I've always treasured. Um, it would have been a great storyline for tonight if Coach K was going to be uh, potentially going out, uh, retiring as a champion. But the Tar Heels spoiled that on Saturday night, the way they spoiled his final game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Uh, I had the pleasure of visiting that storied facility, uh, and uh, it wasn't during a Duke men's basketball game, but it was a women's basketball game. I happened to be in the area of Durham, North Carolina, so had to see Cameron Indoor and had the good fortune to actually be able to go inside and uh, watch a women's game. And it was Duke and Notre Dame, so it was a good game. And uh, again, another treasured memory. But all credit to the Tar Heels. Uh, again, they will have bragging rights forever in the greatest rivalry, certainly in college basketball, perhaps in all of sports, Durham is only eight miles from Chapel Hill. And uh, so, again, the rivalry is as intense as it gets. And the fact that they, again, uh, beat, Coach, beat Coach K in the final game at Cameron Indoor, as well as the first time they've ever met in the NCAA tournament, hard to believe, um, thus ending his career as a coach. Uh, Again, we'll just give Tar Heel fans bragging rights uh, for the rest of time. But all credit to the Tar Heels. They just hung in there. It was a great game. It was as hyped a game as any in college basketball history and pretty much lived up to it. Went down to the final minute. Caleb Love scored uh, like 28 points or thereabouts in the second half. He had done that earlier in a tournament game. I think he scored 30. 
So when he gets going, he's practically unstoppable. He was hitting big foul shots at the end, too. And uh, it was just back and forth, big shots, and just really uh, great theater, to say the least. Uh, It's on track. The Nielsen ratings are out. It's already the most watched Final Four game since 2017, but it's on track to become the second most watched game in uh, cable history, second most watched Final Four college basketball game. Um, so it's going to be, uh, North Carolina versus Kansas tonight, uh, for the national championship. Jayhawks look great in beating Villanova, a really good Villanova team who unfortunately had lost their, uh, one of their best players to an Achilles injury in the previous game with like 35 seconds to go, which was about as bad as it gets for timing of a serious injury of that nature. But nonetheless, Kansas looked basically unstoppable. They were just uh, uh, so impressive and just really, uh, you know, were out with the lead pretty much the entire time. And uh, and Villanova was just, uh, you know, behind the eight ball from, from the get-go of that game. And uh, you know, made some runs here and there, made it a little bit close, but Kansas always, always had answers and just kept coming. So there we have it. Two of the storied, famous programs in college basketball, Kansas and North Carolina. They have met before. They're meeting again tonight for the national championship. Uh, at 9.20 p.m. Eastern Time. That's a pretty late start. Um, but I'm sure that'll get good ratings, too. Uh, again, these are two blue bloods. All four teams in the Final Four were obviously blue bloods. And uh, so it's going to be fun. Looking forward to it. My low light of the week is the UConn women's team getting beat wire to wire by South Carolina in last night's national championship. All credit to South Carolina, but as a New Englander, I have covered the legendary UConn women's games uh, on a few occasions. uh, And sat through Gino Oriema press conferences and uh, they're a big thing up in New England as they are nationwide, but huge. And I've watched the games in Connecticut, and it has really been uh, just terrific. And this team uh, overcame a lot, a lot of injuries, uh, to say the least, and really kind of come out of nowhere to get to the national championship game. But they ran into just uh, the best team in the country all year long, which, of course, are the Gamecocks of South Carolina. Uh, like Kansas against Villanova, they just controlled the game big time from the opening tap. I think it was something that sounds like 15 to two or whatever to start the game, South Carolina leading. They were just, they absolutely dominated, uh, the offensive boards, uh, rebounding in general throughout the game. Uh, UConn did make a couple runs, got to within about six points, but again, like the Jayhawks against Villanova, every time, uh, the UConn women got close, uh, South Carolina had answers and, uh, so they won their national championship second ever, uh, under coach Don Staley and they were just easily unmistakably the best team in women's college basketball this year well-deserved to put it mildly and uh again good game to watch uh UConn to their credit never let it get completely out of hand and always just kept coming uh but in the end uh Gamecocks won by like 15 points or so and uh they are the deserved well-deserving national champions My bizarre story of the week is Tiger Woods tweeting that he is at Augusta as we speak, uh, practicing, 
and his participation in the Masters, which begins on Thursday, is, quote, a game-time decision. Uh, bizarre in that I don't think we've ever seen this before. Uh, certainly not from someone of the stature of Tiger Woods. Everything Tiger does and says is news and tweets. And certainly this qualifies as that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the golf world is holding his breath, its breath. Uh, Tiger, of course, is recovering from the uh, horrible leg injury she suffered in the automobile crash in California a little over a year ago. And uh, he did have, he did participate in the tournament with his son, Charlie up in Orlando and looked pretty good. But as he himself has said recently, uh, you know, walking the master's course, uh, which I've had the pleasure to attend three times, uh, quite hilly to put it mildly. Uh, it would be, it's a tall order. So uh, he's just getting familiar. I think he already had at least one round, maybe Friday, Saturday, uh, this past week, weekend. And, uh, so apparently he's back at it and to just see if he has the, uh, stamina and the physical ability to walk the master's course, even if he were to be in a cart. And I have no idea if that would be allowed or not. Uh, again, super hilly course, uh, very challenging to just walk the course, which is a few miles, of course, and, uh, four days in a row. That's, that's tough. Uh, but even if if a cart were to come into play and I have no idea if it's again is permitted or not, um, there would, it would still require a fair amount of walking, um, from, you, you know, to the ball, to the greens, that type of thing. So, uh, we shall see how that turns out. But again, the golf world is holding its breath, but one way or the other, it's the masters. So there will be, uh, no, um, you know, no shortage of drama, uh, and everybody will be riveted myself included. Nothing quite like it. Like I said, I've had the pleasure to attend three of them. And, uh, and it will be great with or without Tiger, but it'll be certainly greater with Tiger, especially with the drama building for his, uh, game time decision. So we shall see, uh, obviously it starts Thursday and apparently Tiger has until literally minutes before a scheduled, what would be his scheduled off time to make the decision so we are really talking about a game time decision um, also in golf news JJ Spawn won the Valero Texas Open uh, solid performance yesterday won by a stroke or two was in command Matt Kuchar who led the tournament uh, at various points uh, hit a ball into the water on the 18th a shot he needed to make uh, he didn't, and uh, that gave J.J. Spawn some breathing room, and he uh, he brought it in for a landing. So good for him, uh, and I think it's his first tournament win. Been a lot of that going on this year uh, with golfers winning for the first time on the tour. Uh, and, of course, exciting week, really. A lot going on, um, and baseball opening day is uh, is at the end of this week. Uh, I'm down here in Florida. There's still some spring training games occurring. Uh, hopefully, I'll have a chance to catch one or so, maybe two, in the next couple of days. Um, I'm surrounded by uh, many spring training venues, uh, Bradenton to the South and also, uh, where the pirates train, the blue Jays up in Dunedin, the Yankees right up the road in Tampa and, uh, Phillies up in Clearwater, Florida. So interest is, as you would expect, very high here in Florida. They love their baseball and, uh, the Rays, Tampa Bay Rays are, 
opening this Friday at home at the Trop, Tropicana Field, uh, Friday at 3 p.m. or thereabouts. And uh, so a lot of excitement. The Rays are, you know, one of baseball's great stories. They are just, so they are just, uh, you know, in contention every year. So excitement is starting to run high here in Tampa Bay. So now let's take our break. And next up is our call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And he is going to be joining us live from New Orleans and the Final Four. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies radio show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Listen to the Desert Ranch Podcast to hear what connects us to the producers that are keeping us from being naked, hungry, and thirsty. Get a look into the lives of those who live differently from the comforts of a 9-to-5 lifestyle to care for land and livestock. The Desert Ranch Podcast with Vanessa Rohr on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners welcome back to segment two of all around sports and i am your host john inglesby to join the show the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how you doing today? Hey, good morning, John. Doing very well. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you for joining us, especially during... What I'm sure is a very busy, busy uh, time for you because you are in New Orleans for the Final Four. Uh, I and our listeners are dying to hear all about it. You witnessed Saturday uh, college basketball history for the ages. So how is it going down there? John, it's going very well. You know, four blue bloods and they all have to be some type of shade of blue. (laughs) Correct. That's a good and, way uh, to say it. That's a good pickup. <laughs> hadn't looked, yeah. at, uh, hadn't so, right, uh, looked at it that way yet. Oh, yeah. So they had the media. Our section was right behind the Kansas student section, and the Duke 
student section. So they just swapped out for the two different games, which okay. I thought was kind of cool. That was, that was cool. And I noticed and, that on TV, uh, AP. Yeah. You yeah, know. they swapped them out. So that was, I thought that was really unique. And whoever managed that was very smart. And, you know, have good experience for both, all four, all, all four schools. Yeah. Um, but it, it seemed like there was a lot of Kansas people here. But, I mean, maybe that was because Kansas people were behind me. And the North Carolina people were to my left. The Duke people to my right, but the Kansas people seem the loudest to me. Really? Okay, Jayhawk Nation. I'm yeah. not, that's really not too surprising. Oh they yeah. Are, yeah. No. Uh, oh yeah. Storied program for sure. Right. Right. Just came down the Mississippi River here to New Orleans. Exactly right. Uh, yeah, New Orleans is you know kind of convenient especially for duke and north carolina fans coming down that's it's drivable um and villanova uh i'm sure their fans are you know that's a long drive but drivable too so yeah so i'm sure all four were represented very strongly they were they were yeah they were there was uh all the different shades of blue uh throughout the entire superdome right and AP, how many people are we talking? Like, what what would the attendance have been? Fifty thousand or more? Seventy thousand. Seventy thousand. Oh my gosh! About seventy thousand, yeah. And I've heard and read where uh, it was maybe the most electric crowd in college basketball history. And given the size of it, it's pretty easy to believe. But you were there. Would you agree with that? I think so. I think I think it was John because. They're very rabid and vociferous fans, and they knowledgeable. Uh, all four are blue bloods because Villanova's got three championships. I think Kansas with three, Duke with five, and North Carolina with six. That's a big number across the board. Yeah. Um, yes. And, of course, AP, it was Coach K's final game. Um, so the, right. you know, uh, history in the making if ever there was and everybody knew you know he had announced his retirement so that it could be his final game and again maybe certainly the greatest rivalry in college basketball perhaps the greatest rivalry in all of sports is duke and north carolina so that game must have been utterly electric oh yeah added value with coach k uh being his last game one of the two and ended up being on saturday so, uh, but, but those games, John, were, you know, Duke and North Carolina, definitely competitive. Villanova struggled, made a comeback, and just cast Kansas overwhelmed them. They couldn't stop them inside, and uh, uh, they had a hot game. You know, John, they shot 53%. So they gained 54% from the arc, 13 of 24. I mean, I don't know if you can uh, have a better game. I did discuss the shooting uh, scenario with Coach Self. I asked him about it because I just told him, don't aim the ball. I know there's different depths of perception and it's a big dome, but he he felt that it didn't matter. Yeah, it was, uh, I know, shooting in these football stadiums, depth perception is and has been for decades an issue. But yeah, AP, I watched every minute of both games, of course. And yeah, every time they needed a big shot to keep Villanova down, so to speak, as Villanova tried to, you know, got a little closer. You know, it seems like they would just rain down a three or, you know, score underneath. Uh, they just never let Villanova really get back too close to make it, uh, you know, a genuine threat or make Kansas nervous. Uh, so Kansas looked great. They looked literally unstoppable. What a pace they play at. Uh, it was impressive. It really was. Yeah, Kansas, you know, they had the hot shooting by their their outstanding guard, Ochai, and forgive me if I can't pronounce his last name. Maybe you could do it for me, John, but he was six for six on the three-point line. Right. Can't get can't get any better than that, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, Ochai Agbaji, yeah, that's his name, I guess. Maybe I said it close to the pronunciation, but yeah, he was six you, for six. You and, did very uh, well. I mean, that's hard to overcome. 
It really is. It really is. Um, yeah, they just, uh, again, Kansas just seems to just have gotten gone into overdrive here over the past month, month and a half, you know, where they really closed out, you know, in the big eight or big 12, excuse me. And, uh, and you know, they're Kansas and Bill self himself, sorry, no pun intended there, uh, being uh, his own, you know, legendary coach, uh, you know, just simply, you know, knows how to prepare a team for the tournament and just get them peaking by, you know, by tournament time. And, and very often that results in them, uh, going deep. Uh, and so it's going to be interesting tonight with North Carolina playing Kansas. Uh, you know, the, first of all, they have met before, so they have a history. Uh, second of all, uh, you have to wonder who, who who's Roy Williams rooting for. He coached both teams, interestingly enough. Um, yeah. he, he was getting a lot of a lot of airtime uh, the other night during the Carolina Duke game, to say the least. They kept flashing to him throughout, and he was quite animated for himself for him. Um, but yeah, oh. so it's an interesting storyline, one of many. Um, just North Carolina, Kansas says it all right there. That, that, that's enough of a storyline to uh, to carry the day. Yeah, Roy Williams, you know, he coached at Kansas, his alma mater is North Carolina. I, I suspect he's playing for North Carolina, but if Kansas happened to win, I mean, he has a long history there. Well, I, think, I think it was 15 years, actually. Correct. So if he if North Carolina could win, I guess he'd, he'd want a team like Kansas to win. His, his former uh place that he he was highly successful as well very very successful in both places north carolina and kansas um you know i'm no expert but i I would have to believe his leaning would be slightly towards north carolina um but you said it perfectly ap if 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 north carolina is not going to win it i'm sure he would be pleased to see kansas win it so north carolina um caleb love I mean, he had 28, I believe, in the second half on Saturday, and this follows an earlier tournament game when he had 30 in the second half. I mean, this guy is a serious closer, to put it mildly. Yeah, yeah, John. Yeah, he actually ended up uh, total points on Saturday uh, was was 28. So he had in the neighborhood of, oh, 20, I don't know, 20-plus. It was definitely 20-plus because that was – Marking the score, I actually marked the points and the fouls throughout the game for for both games. So I know it was over twenty in that second half, and you're right. And I think it was right. like uh, three three points in one game. The game you spoke of prior to that, and then I think it was twenty seven in the second half. So it was thirty points uh, the prior game or two. So yeah, he. What I said is, uh, I've said this a few times that North Carolina does not require a psychiatrist. Because Caleb Love has no conscience, so you'd be wasting your money. I mean, yeah. he's phenomenal uh, with shooting the basketball, and you know he doesn't re- 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 uh, remember any misses. Yes, I mean, you know, given his earlier performance with the huge second half and what he was doing in the second half on Saturday night, uh, I mean, you just knew. Like when, you know, he was hitting big foul shots and you knew when he went to the line, he was making them. And then of course he hit, you know, he hit the dagger with the three pointer late. Um, so he was, uh, the star, the star of the game without a doubt. Um, and again, just a closer, like at an extraordinary level, um, for him to do that in two different games and the same tournament, uh, is just incredible. So, uh, hats off to him. So he, he, he's someone, you know, right off the bat that you have to keep your eye on tonight. I mean, if you're Kansas, uh, you have to, you know, figure out what you're going to do to, to guard him in the second half. If he starts to go off again. Yes. You know, John, and he was only three of 10 from beyond the arc. And we had this discussion. Uh, he, 
it was one of the press conferences. I asked him who he emulated growing up because he liked Damian Lillard and uh, Kobe Bryant. And, and then he said that he made it a point of emphasis to not settle for the jump shot. So he had a lot of nice drives to the basket for buckets and then the free throws as well. So he might shoot better than three for 10 tonight from beyond the arc. And that's bad news for Kansas, which had, a, like I said, 54% from the arc on Saturday. And, and John, you've watched basketball as long as I have. And I'm not sure that Kansas can shoot as well two nights in a row. Maybe it's a possibility, but I'm thinking they don't shoot 54%. Okay. That's a tall order. You're right, AP. It's tough to do that. And, you yeah. know, and in that same vein, it would be kind of tough for Caleb Love to, you know, produce two games in a row with, uh, yeah, you, you know, where he comes up so big, you, you know, basically deciding right. the game. And uh, so, yeah, so th- that's like an added storyline to keep our eye on. Um, so, and then you have Hubert Davis, the North Carolina coach, uh, first year coach. I mean, he's one of, I think only four, just a handful for sure of first time coaches to even reach the final four, let alone the national championship game. Right. Right. And, and Hubert, you know, played against Kansas in 1991. And that was the game. Dean Smith was the ejected. He had two technicals and they lost to Kansas. So, he watches that once in, once a year. So to make the final four was great that he ended up losing the game. It's got some memory that he's held close to the best for a long time. So playing against Kansas in his first championship as the head coach of North Carolina with a chance to grab a ring, uh, it, it's mighty important to him. I mean, of course, it could have been, could it be against anybody, but especially Kansas. Right. Absolutely. Um, no, it's amazing what he's doing. You, you know, let's not forget it was not all that long ago, uh, maybe two months max, where Kansas, or excuse me, North Carolina was on the bubble. There was a serious question as to whether or not they would make the tournament. And I think what sealed the deal is, you know, their resounding victory in Coach K's final game at Cameron Indoor, which, uh, and the Tar Heels certainly spoiled that, uh, made for a very awkward uh, post-game <laughs> uh, talk from from Coach K to the Cameron Crazies. And then, uh, and then once they got into the tournament, we all know what's gone on since then. So, uh, again, they're just peaking, and... Uh, they just simply seem to become a different team, uh, culminating in, you know, regular season in, you know, beating Duke, uh, which had like, what, 80 former players there. I mean, it, it, I think it was just a foregone conclusion, even though it's a great rivalry, that Duke was going to win that game. And, of course, North Carolina didn't, and they won kind of going away by 8, 10, 12 points, whatever. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, they did in that guy's name, double, double digits. You know, the funny thing is, you know, Kentucky beat both of these teams by double digits. Right, exactly. Um, and yet... Big, big victories, yeah, big victories. I mean, I mean, like, they were beating North Carolina by 34 points, I think, at one time. And, yes. And uh, they beat Kansas, I think, it was by 18, so uh, that, that's interesting. Very interesting, AP, and then Kentucky, of course, uh, lost to St. Peter's, which ignited one of the great runs in uh, March Madness history. Um, but unfortunately, they they ran into uh, North Carolina, who really flexed their muscles against St. Peter's, and basically in that game just ran right out to a huge lead and uh, were never, ever threatened. Um, so, uh, yeah, Carolina just on a roll, uh, you know, as is Kansas. I mean, that's what all, you, you know, what else can you say? That's always the, what happens when you get to the point we're at tonight, AP. And uh, I know you're excited for tonight. And why don't we uh, take our break and we'll talk a little more about what we can expect tonight and other impressions you've had of uh, Final Four weekend on the other side. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to Melody Edmondson's The Space of the Waste radio program. This companion piece to her successful guidebook series, The Space of the Waste, focuses on body types and how to make your waist length flattering, no matter what your body type is. Guests include designers, merchandise managers, factory owners, and more. You'll also find out what accessories will complement your body shape and waist length. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the third and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And AP is covering the Final Four in New Orleans. And just before we get started, obviously my pick of the week for appointment viewing is indeed tonight's Natty, the national championship game for college basketball between North Carolina and Kansas. And AP, you've been there all weekend, and uh, we certainly talked a lot of X's and O's and that type of thing in the previous segment. Uh, but I have to ask you, what's the, uh, you know, what's New Orleans as a whole like with, uh, you know, the four schools coming in, the four Blue Bloods? Uh, so what's Bourbon Street and the rest of New Orleans like with all the college basketball fans? Like you said, 70,000 fans were at the game on Saturday. Need we say more? Mm-hmm. Yeah, John, you know, New Orleans is a fantastic place to host an event because you can walk around. The Correct. logistics is perfect. It's not like everything is spread out so far. You have to drive or have some type of transportation. And there's uh, hotels that are right near each other you have all the activities and you go on Bourbon Street and Canal Street and they just enjoy the sights and the sounds and all the restaurants. So it's, for me, New Orleans is a great place. Correct. For any large, major sporting event. I could not agree more. I've had the pleasure to be down there for some big sports events as well. And you just hit the nail right on the head, AP. Just 
the fact you just you don't need a car once you arrive you're just walking and uh, walking around New Orleans is unlike walking around pretty much any other city in the world (laughs) it is unique to put it mildly Superdome, I mean, I enjoyed watching the game in the Dome. I, I'd been there many years ago, John. My first game I ever went to was in 75. I saw Crystal Pete Maravich playing for uh, the New Orleans versus Cleveland Cavaliers. In the Superdome? In the Superdome, yes. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, Pete Maravich, uh, that, that, that's a memory worth uh, cherishing, to put it mildly, um, and yeah, it's uh, it's great. So you have the the fans from the four schools uh, you had referenced earlier that like Kansas fans seem to be, you know, the most prominent. No surprise, uh, Jayhawk Nation, uh, devoted c- crowd, and you know, I'm, I'm sure it's a nice getaway from Kansas to get down to New Orleans. No doubt about that. Oh, yeah. No, it's not a... Uh, you're just coming down the Mississippi River from uh, Kansas City and, you know, Kansas and whatever. So, uh, but I... You know, the Final Four, John, to have these teams, you know, they're very, very good, all four of them. But the coaches are smart and their teams are tough and skilled. And like I said, for the press conferences, all four coaches were extremely relaxed their body language and their uh, answers to the media. They, they had folks wanted, you know, different things, and so it was great. Yeah, and as Coach K uh, mentioned uh, a few different times, and other coaches did as well, you know, when, when you get to, do the, to the Final Four, you're already a champion of sorts. You've won your regional. Yeah. And, you know, you've gone through the gauntlet, to get there and uh and so yeah it is just uh there's i think just getting there at least in the early going is a bit of a sense of relief i mean you you got there uh obviously when you get there you want to win um no doubt about it and you know charles barkley whose uh thoughts everybody loves of course uh he reiterated as the uh, they closed out after midnight on Saturday night that like all sports fans, not just basketball fans, all sports fans should experience Saturday at the final four when you still have, you know, you have the two games, the four teams playing. And he just, he said this before, but he really reemphasized it again, Saturday night late, just saying, you know, you know, there's no better day in all of sports. And, uh, I'm guessing you might agree with that. After uh, you know, after your Saturday down there, especially given the history, yeah, John, because yeah, yeah, because you have the four teams, and everybody has that hope that they will win the semifinal game to be playing in the national championship game on Monday evening. So it, it's highly unique, and uh, it's the teams that are playing the best at this time of the year because you you went through the tournament process. Yeah, and another. I'm glad you. I'm glad you touched on that because there's something I wanted to ask you. They referenced. I, I read again uh, that it was really unique this past Saturday's game, where basically all the Kansas and Villanova fans stuck around for the second game. I've covered many, <laughs> not many, but a few NCAA tournaments various regionals, what have you, at, both at the beginning and, the, you, you know, with the 64 teams and the East and the Eastern regionals up in Boston a few years back. And, uh, and yeah, so I found that very unique, not surprising. And of course we're talking them sticking around because it was North Carolina Duke. Need I say more, but was, did that grab your attention? Yeah, it did John, because who would turn down, a chance to watch uh, Duke and North Carolina play, especially Coach K's last game, potentially. So they're, like I said, rabid basketball fans. uh, And, you know, 
they're in the dome and they're enjoying themselves, even though maybe their team is lost. Uh, you get a chance to see two quality programs and playing in the semifinals. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're there uh, from a fan of Villanova and Kansas and you're there, that means you're a college basketball fan. And if you're a college basketball fan, even disappointed Villanova fans, you're not leaving the Superdome with North Carolina Duke, you know, an hour later. <laughs> and uh, that just wouldn't happen. So I found that kind of cool. Not surprising, but just kind of cool. Yes. That uh, that was it. And by the way, I was hearing, you know, that it was uh, maybe the highest priced ticket in college basketball history. Um, just outrageous sums of money for it. Uh, and, you know, the ratings look like it's on track to become the second most watched college basketball game in history uh, on cable. Um I think we all know who the who the, who the first one is on any channel, and that, of course, is uh, Larry Bird versus Magic, Michigan State, Indiana State, in 1979, which changed uh, basketball forever. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, there's just a lot of you know kind of uh, ancillary records set in and around this game, to say the least. Uh, all, all for good reason, you know that the rivalry and the potential final game of coach K, which is what it turned out to be. And, uh, so yeah, AP, you got to experience sports history, not beyond basketball sports history at the highest level. I mean, you have to feel really good about that and very excited. I would think. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple things that you look back on in your, uh, history of, attending and covering events. You know, I was at Coach Bryant's last game in Memphis, Tennessee. It's a Liberty Bowl of December of 1982. Now I can say I was at Coach K's last game in New Orleans, uh, April uh, 2022. Correct. Well, there only a few short months ago, AP, I, I was walking around saying I was at Tom Brady's last game. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Because I attended the uh, <laughs> I attended the Rams um, Buccaneers uh, playoff game with the near comeback by Brady, and uh, right. of course you know we all know the story. Uh, I for one am glad that I am not walking around anymore saying I attended Tom Brady's last ever game because he's coming back as we know he unretired. Uh, something tells me Coach K is not doing that, but I have seen some kind of tweets floating around and stuff like that, you know, funny ones about, you know, Tom Brady calling Coach K and uh, tutoring him on how to unretire, things like that. Uh, but I think Coach K is uh, is done, obviously. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of an age yeah, difference there, although in football years, AP yeah. – Tom Brady is kind of as old as Coach K, and Coach K is 75 yeah. years old. Like, that's hard to believe. He sure doesn't look right. it. Very youthful. No, no. He, yeah, very youthful, yeah. So, uh, and uh, Tom Brady, he might be older in football years than Coach K. I, I couldn't agree more. That's exactly right. So, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, again, I'm glad you got to see Coach K's final game. I'm glad I did not get to see Tom Brady's final game, <laughs> to put it mildly. Um, AP, while we're down here to our last few minutes, it passes so quickly, but uh, I just wanted to get your opinion real quick. Uh, you've lived a lot of your life in Connecticut, uh, who UConn women lost to South Carolina last night, and I uh, wanted to get your thoughts yeah. on that one. I watched every minute. It was fascinating television, as always. And uh, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, too many options uh, inside the paint for South Carolina. Mm. And then the guard had the, uh, you know, the MVP the game of her life, 26 points. She sure did. Uh, you know, Connecticut, yeah, Connecticut had the one player that could make shots. But 
they just overwhelmed them to start the ball game, and they were always playing from behind, never could catch up. Although they gave a valiant effort, I think it got down to four points. Uh, it was probably a 20-point lead or so first half. So, oh, yeah. Uh, they, they just didn't have the firepower to match South Carolina. They didn't. Uh, South Carolina's offensive rebounding especially – was spectacular and to their credit UConn you know closed to within six or so a couple of times but just couldn't get over the hump uh, because South Carolina just you know put a stop to that each time but uh, yeah it was uh, you know so another SEC championship correct another SEC championship South Carolina Dawn Staley Dawn Staley South Carolina was the best team in the country all year long, and, you know, they deserved it. It wasn't surprising. What was surprising that UConn got there, given the injuries and type of year they had. Uh, But, no, South Carolina, kudos to them because they really did deserve it. They were, you know, uh, the, the undisputed number one team start to finish throughout the year. Yeah, Dawn still, what she's done there is very impressive. Uh, you know, South Carolina, many, many years ago, had a pretty good basketball program. But uh, she brought them to national prominence, and they'll be there probably as long as she's the coach because she can recruit talent from anywhere. And that's the key, John, to these championships I've noticed in yep. football and basketball, the, the top programs, the elite programs. They're getting people from one of 50 states, and it doesn't matter, and, and overseas as well. Yep, and just to close it out, AP, I thought the same thing when all the players were introduced. I was noticing they were both teams. They were from all over the country, and that grabbed my attention, so you make a very good point to end the show. But, AP, thanks so much for calling. I know how busy you are down there. you got a national championship game to go to in a few hours, so have a great night. I'll be thinking of you. Hey, thank you, John. My pleasure. Thanks again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 noon Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend. And we'll talk sports again next week.